So do you believe that the government moved to put a stranglehold on index? Uh, I am absolutely sure that there was the government's decision. Our government uh, hate discussion. Our uh, government hate debate. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Backstory Podcast. I'm your host and the creator of Backstory, Dana Lewis. This is our 21st edition. We've covered Brexit, lots of science on COVID-19, nuclear arms, the upcoming American election, police brutality and racism, defunding police, and even our last edition tackled the conspiracies of QAnon. And now, the bad boys of Europe. Why are they bad and who are they? Well, I'm talking about Hungary and Poland which as many of us are consumed with the pandemic and the American election, these countries led by right-wing leaders seized more power, going against Western Europe's common values of free and fair elections, independent judges, tolerance of minorities, and press freedoms. It is a swing to the right, and the EU seems to be failing to keep Hungary and Poland from drifting into an alarming direction towards autocracies. Poland, for instance, just had an election and wants to now pull out of the treaty on domestic abuse. It's against gay rights. Hungary's Viktor Orban has been squeezing press freedoms for a decade, modeling himself after Russia's Vladimir Putin. So if somebody is not ready to accept the rule of law, should leave the European Union immediately. So it should not be punished by money or something other to say goodbye, son. Goodbye, guys. Because this community is based on rule of law, and we we like that approach. It's okay. That was Orban at a recent EU summit, hoping for a big COVID-19 bailout, saying he supports the rule of law, when his critics in Hungary say he's been doing everything to hijack the courts and free media. So why, just as the European Union government is doling out billions of dollars to rescue economies from pandemic economic collapse, Didn't it demand that Poland and Hungary get in line with common values of free society? The EU is rotting from the inside, say some Western newspaper headlines. Now, I know you're distracted with a lot right now, but look, this is important. We are witnessing the return of Soviet-style leaders who are muzzling free press. The media has become the propaganda tools of Hungary and Poland's authoritarian governments, and that's dangerous. And that's where we note recently the last independent media in Hungary, it's called Index, collapsed in July. More than 80 journalists walked out because they could no longer report freely. No one wants to walk out of a job right now, so that's noteworthy. The last door on free speech in Hungary slammed shut, and I bet you didn't even hear about it. All right, Veronica Monk joins us now from Budapest, and Veronica was the deputy editor of Index. Hi, Veronica. How are you doing? Hi. Well, I'm fine. <laughs> it's quite hard days, but I try to keep it together. Not too Thank many people for- walk out of a job in the middle of a pandemic. Tell me what happened. I have been working here at Index, which is the market-leading online news daily in Hungary. Uh, in the last 18 years. It's quite a long time. I started as an intern and now I'm the, or I was the deputy editor-in-chief until I quit. I quit because uh, because uh, I felt that there are external influence on the professional 
work and profession independent work that we are doing and i quit because uh, editor in chief was fired last week uh, and uh, yeah and almost almost the whole newsroom quit it's quite a large newsroom with around 90 editors and journalists uh, i think we are the biggest uh, newsroom in hungary and uh, around 70 80 uh, journalists and editors quit on Friday also. So what is the point of walking out? What do you gain? Or it just became impossible to work under the current conditions because? Yeah, I mean, I cannot speak in the name of other 80 people. I can speak <laughs> in the name of myself. And I didn't think about the future when I quit. I, I told that it's not, it's unacceptable what is happening. And, and I quit because I, I told that I cannot continue the professional and independent work that I have been doing in the last 20 years. Yes, it's, it's an uncertainty. I have two little kids and we are during in, in the pandemic and I don't know what's going to happen, uh, but uh, I, I really felt that, that, that this was a red line. Okay, the so red you, line was crossed. You took a very serious decision personally, yes. as did those 80 people uh, at Index. So could you give me an example of where you said it became impossible, that you simply couldn't work? I mean, aside from the firing of the editor, I mean, what kind of information were you unable to suddenly put out? Uh, just a little bit of background about Index, okay? So Index was considered the last major independent outlet in Hungary, the, in the country which is ranked the second worst country in the EU for media freedom by Reporters Without Borders. Uh, and uh, so we were independent. And in the, in the last 10 years, the media environment changed in Hungary. And a lot of media companies uh, somehow uh, were influenced by uh, businessmen who, influenced or owned by businessmen who strongly connected to the Fidesz government. So there is this media landscape where, uh, where there are a strong political influence on media companies. So that's why a couple of years ago, Index, uh, uh, the, 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 the newsroom, the, the, the staff of Index uh, stated what, according to us, what are the conditions of the independent operation, of independent journalism. And we had two main conditions. One, then there cannot be external influence on the content we publish, and there cannot be external influence on the structure of our stuff. And the last condition uh, uh, was harmed uh, when the editor-in-chief was fired. And the other thing is that a month ago, the board of index took, uh, took steps towards uh, the transformation and fragmentation of index. And there were some external advisors who, who suggested to outsource uh, the journalists and editors to external companies. Uh, so so, so, so what, what, what does that mean? I mean, translate that, you know. The, the... Uh, I mean, I, I, I mean... I just can state what this advisor stated. He said that it would be um, the goal of this outsourcing would be would have been the 
would have been for the savings. So because there is a pandemic. Right. The, but the in degree. reality, in reality, what, what, is, in what reality, are they trying to do? My opinion is that it would be would have been really, really dangerous because if, if it's an external uh, company structure, then uh, companies with political or business agenda could reach out to, to the to the to the front page of the newspaper. Look, I, I sense all of this leads back to Prime Minister Viktor Orban, right? And his control of media. Um, what is he trying to control? What is he trying to stop you from, from saying? You, you should ask him. <laughs> I mean, I no, mean, I'm asking uh, you, though. I mean, I, I, because it's important for a Western audience that's not in Hungary that, I mean, you're saying this is about censorship. You're saying this is about strangling freedom of speech. I mean, can you give me any instance where, let's take COVID-19, for for example. Mr. Orban has declared a state of emergency for as long as he sees fit uh, and punishes those who distort or publish false information on the outbreak with five years in jail. I mean, what does that mean? Is he just trying to silence the free press from reporting the extent of the pandemic in Hungary? I don't know what is Mr. Orban's agenda. I can talk about Index's case and I can talk about my situation. Uh, I don't want to talk uh, about uh, the political situation. Uh, I can... Why? I can is, that, because, is that a dangerous thing to do in Hungary for you personally if you were to no, criticize my, the prime minister? In no, Hungary. not at all. Not at all. I mean, uh, in <clears throat> look... Uh, the problem is, you asked an interview from, from me about the situation of index, and now you ask me to talk about the Hungarian politics, right? Well, I'm asking, they're obviously connected. I mean, you're saying you're unable to publish freely. You're unable to talk about... I didn't say... I so didn't I'm, I'm say, asking you, I what are you say, unable to... I didn't say, I never said that. There were no influence on the content we publish. I said... There were external influence on the structure of the newsroom. Index was independent for 20 years. But you were concerned that when they started to restructure, that that would affect yes, your freedom yes, of speech. Yes, and, and that's that why would, I quit. It, that it would result in censorship of th what I'm asking. That's why like, I quit, because I didn't, because I, 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 was, I, I felt the danger that uh, the independence is going to change. What are they trying to stop? What are they trying to silence? That's what I'm specifically asking because for a West, Western uh, audience, look, I don't understand. Index, is uh, it criticism of the government? Is it corruption uh, of business? It's not an, it's, it, Index is not an oppositional newspaper. Index is a critical newspaper. And I don't like uh, the label that, that you are the oppositional media because that's what the government tried to uh, label us. And, and I, I always... I, I don't like when people call me or call my colleagues the oppositional journalists because we are not one. Yeah. I have been working here in almost 20 years and when the other government uh, was uh, leading the country, Index was critical back then as well. So it's a critical newspaper. <clears throat> we are doing the, the traditional watchdog uh, function of uh, the media. Uh, and we are big. So we can be a danger because this is a 10 million, uh, there are 10, 10 million people living in Hungary and the index had uh, 1 to 1 1.5 million readers per day. Danger it's to quite, who? It, it's quite a big, uh, uh, big
big uh, audience. Danger. Uh, and, and we can and we weren't controlled. You know, that's what that's that's that can be understand in 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 the states too. So that, who, would you, uh, who would you be a danger to? And anybody, the politics, the businessman, uh, the money people, the power, the power. So that's what I'm asking you is, I didn't really ask you to talk about politics, but it, it's part of it, isn't it? And uh, when, you're being, when you're being silenced, there's somebody politically that doesn't want you to report what? And as a, if you're sitting in... As, I, I, I say it again then. So index never experienced uh, silencing because we were independent. We quit because we felt that this era has ended. Would you agree that Prime Minister Orban has tried to silence media in Hungary? It's a really hard position that you are trying to put in me. I, and I don't, I don't want to answer that. Okay. Because fine. I'm an independent journalist and okay. I'm not a political activist. And I don't want to talk about uh, my opinion regarding Mr. Viktor Orban. I can say what's happening in index and I can say that the Hungarian media landscape is strongly, very strongly connected to the government, sometimes to the prime minister, sometimes strong allies to the prime minister. That's the correct answer. Okay. T tell somebody living in London, tell somebody from New York, wh why does it matter if some online news site called Index uh, disappears in the middle of the night and the journalists walk out. What, what is at stake in Hungary? People in Hungary, is in they, they, they fear, they fear their, their uh, existence, they fear their, their lives, and usually they don't stand up against power. And we, we, we did that, and the world saw what we did. And we did it together, and we did, we did it like 80 of us, and it's a huge mess, and people doesn't see, don't see things like this in Hungary where, where 80 people show the finger against the power. I was a correspondent in Moscow for American television. So President Yeltsin went out in 2000, President Putin came to power, and suddenly we could see, as independent journalists, we could see media that was not completely free because some of them were controlled by different business interests, but they began to be closed down. They began to be taken back under control of the government and of the Kremlin. And that slow creep, which happened over a few years, suddenly no criticism uh, of the Kremlin no investigation of corruption and business. Um, it was really the end of this new democracy in Russia and autocratic rule by the Kremlin. Are we seeing exactly the same parallel in Hungary now? Yes. <laughs> okay. But the thing is that there were no, uh, I mean, we could write whatever we want and we did. That's the more important message. But you felt that, that was ending. You felt that was ending. Yes. Yes. Veronica Monk from Budapest, uh, the, the former deputy editor of Index. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay, so she seems intimidated and avoided saying anything about Viktor Orban or the ruling political party. That tells you a lot about how stifling rule has become in Hungary.
That's a journalist who, in my view, explained very little, but revealing too, considering how little she felt she could say. Let's talk to Gabor Poliak, who is with Mertek, and that is a media think tank in Hungary. Hi, Gabor. How are you today? Hi, good morning. Yeah. Why is the closing down of Index important? Index is and was, uh, firstly, it was the biggest news portal in Hungary. And it is not only about the reach uh, of Index, it is only about that uh, they could reach not only one side of the Hungarian society. Uh, Index's audience uh, was not a political audience. It was not about uh, that uh, only the voters for the opposition parties read uh, Index. Index was also an information source for the pro-government uh, voters. And we don't have uh, a lot of uh, media outlets that can reach the whole society. Therefore, uh, Index was really an important uh, part of the Hungarian media system. So do you believe that the government moved to put a stranglehold on index? In the background, uh, I am absolutely sure that there was the government's decision. Uh, it's not only a theory. Uh, maybe you know that there was a very complicated uh, ownership structure in the background of index. But uh, yeah, the main point that the main decisions about the money, about the incomes, and the main decisions about um, the the organization of index was in the hand of pro-government guys. Uh, and in the last last weeks, uh, the decision maker was one of the most important, one of the most powerful media guy of the uh, governing party. What's the idea? What are they worried about? I mean, why are they closing down media? Yeah, you know, we are struggling for media freedom since 2010 because, uh, yeah, the government is struggling for a, a public sphere where they have the word and all other words uh, are only, how to say, a footnote uh, or uh, can be uh, incredible. Uh, and yeah, so our government uh, hate discussion. Our uh, government hate debate. Uh, the only way how they can communicate is to speak out uh, without any comment. Uh, and therefore, they need a media system where the biggest media outlets are serving this kind of political communication, this kind of one-way political communication. Uh, all media outlets, they... Uh, got in the last 10 years, and we are speaking about a big uh, majority of the Hungarian media system. So they don't uh, put questions. They don't put real questions, or even if they make interviews with our prime minister. These are not interviews in, term, in terms of uh, Western Europe or in terms of the US. These are uh, opportunities to to speak out my uh, opinion uh, as, as the prime minister. So they, they needed this kind of media system and they tried from 2010 uh, to, uh, to have a even uh, smaller uh, independent part of the media system. Uh, once they tried to, to, to buy and to get 
all uh, big media outlets and uh, otherwise they tried to to make uh, the independent media uh, incredible uh, to to build up a, a picture that they are not uh, trustworthy yeah i mean victor orban the prime minister is supposed to be a tough guy but he, he can't take a punch he can't take a bit of criticism from the media of course he can I cannot say that uh, the whole media system is for Orban. Uh, yeah, uh, it is very important for Orban to have critical media in Hungary. And yeah, if we are speaking about index, I am absolutely sure that that was not uh, the plan to to have this kind of of uh, collapse of index. They wanted to have index for a long time, but they wanted to have a more friendly index uh, in the direction of the government they didn't more, want more to friendly have... more controlled more subservient yeah and it was not impossible uh, they had the control over the whole editorial board the whole newsroom yeah. and uh, they had the control over the incomes so they could vote that the journalist working for index uh, will be able to has somehow co uh, collaborate with the government and it was not about to, to publish only propaganda like in other pro-government media, it would be enough to not speak about the most critical issues for the government. So let me ask you something philosophically. I mean, bigger picture. I was in Russia as a correspondent based for American television when Yeltsin left and President Putin came to power. And we saw exactly this slow takeover of media, influence, change of structure of ownership. Eventually, they silenced critical media. And every night, the voice of most of the main television channels <clears throat> get their marching orders from the Kremlin. Now you're seeing it in Poland. Um, you've seen it in you know, media struggles in Georgia, in Hungary. So really, the, all across Eastern Europe, we are witnessing kind of the hard right silencing critical media. It's very serious and it's still born democracies. Yeah, I can only agree uh, with this statement. Uh, and yeah, we could uh, continue this list. And uh, if uh, the media system of the US would not be so strong, uh, the intention of uh, Donald Trump would be the same. But uh, the US media system is an absolutely other story, uh, fortunately. What, uh, is a very big difference between Poland, Hungary on the one side and Georgia, Russia, Turkey on the other side, that we are members of the European Union. And I think this is a very big uh, mistake and a very, very big mis uh, unsuccess of the European Union. Uh, to I let really want to ask you about that because that's important, right? I mean, these, these countries, Poland and Hungary, are Russia's not but Poland and Hungary are members of the European Union. The European Union has addressed and acknowledged the fact uh, that there is a pull to the right and that the, the leadership in these countries is not allowing free and democratic press. They just had to come up with a, a COVID-19 billions of dollars of bailout. Should they have made part of the conditions for that, it's hands-off free media that, that Hungary and, and Poland allow free media, otherwise they're not going to get bailed out, they're not going to get money. I mean, they seem like they caved in. Yeah, you know, that was not a good point for this kind of uh, being strong. Um, yeah, in case of Hungary, we are speaking about 10 years. The European Union knew since 2010 
2011 that the Hungarian government uh, hates uh, free media. And yeah, it began in 2011 with the new media laws. There was a huge debate at European level if these laws are in line with the European uh, values. And it was absolutely clear that they are not. And after that, there were several points. Every two years came some big uh, uh, issue that was uh, also uh, discussed at European level. So there was millions of opportunity in the hand of the European Union. And they have, uh, it is very important to see, they have uh, once legal uh, tools to, to take actions against such kind of, of uh, tendencies. And secondly, they have political tools and they didn't use and hasn't used any of that. It's a hell of a statement about the European Union, right? Because it's supposed to be a lot more than just an economic marriage. They're supposed to share common values, including democracy and free speech, and yet they, they're not enforcing it. And what is the danger uh, in Europe if they don't do that? Because there is a pull to the right. Hungary is not a very uh, big country within the European Union, too. But Poland is double uh, of Hungary. So it, we are speaking about very big market. Uh, even if we are uh, watching it from the point of view of economics, uh, it is a big mistake to, to not to stop uh, this tendency because we know that uh, also Czech Republic uh, is very, very problematic. There are uh, big problems with the using of public money, European money, uh, on the side of the prime minister of Czech Republic. There are problems now in Slovenia. So... Hungary was the first point. Hungary is not so important, not so strong. It would be, would have been very easy to stop this whole tendency within the European Union. And the European Union didn't do that. And now the whole uh, Eastern European EU part uh, is uh, in, in this problematic uh, uh, situation. Gabor Poliak, thank you so much, because, I mean, a lot of people view Hungary as, as, an, as an island uh, in terms of this is a problem in Hungary. And I think you help us understand it is a much broader issue, and it's one that the European Union should have tackled, uh, could have tackled, uh, and it may have to in the future. I hope so. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Why hasn't the EU gotten tougher with countries choking free speech? Let's ask Hungary's member of European Parliament. All right, joining me now from Budapest is Caitlin Czech, who is a member of European Parliament for Hungary. Hi, Caitlin. How are you doing in this COVID-19 crisis we have? Well, we're trying to hold up as everybody and uh, hoping for better days to come. Yeah. Is, is it being reported? in Hungary how bad the situation is or is the government being clear about how many cases they have or are they like many many governments understating the problem well uh, Hungary was never really strong on testing so uh, all the way through the pandemic uh, it was quite questionable how many cases we have uh, I was working as a doctor uh, volunteering during the pandemic so I got some first-hand experiences as well but that's clear that the public hasn't been sufficiently informed and I defend this problematic, particularly uh, due to the importance of getting everybody involved in the uh, public health uh, defense. Okay, so when people talk about free media and freedom of speech in a, in a 
pluralistic democratic society. I mean, here's a clear example where if you're not given information, you don't even know what the dangers are, uh, the health dangers are. That's why it's really important to have free media. And in the middle of this, you have some 80 staff members in your country from Index, the, the so-called free social media site, news site, who walked out, who said they couldn't report. It's concerning. Yes, it's very concerning. And Index was really the most important independent news portal that uh, had the highest uh, re number of daily readers in the country. It was really an institution on its own. And it was clear for the past some years that the government uh, tried to gain influence in the editorial board of, of index, also in, in the, the, the governing structures behind the, the, uh, the portal. And uh, just a few days ago, um, due to the pressure uh, and the influence coming from outside, the editor-in-chief resigned. And uh, as a protest, the entire editorial board walked out as well. Now, we are in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, the entire job situation is, of course, very shaky, particularly if you work in media in Hungary. So I think it's very hard to understate the importance of 70, 80 people with families, mortgages, loans, and an uncertain future just standing up and walking out because they don't want to work in a media that is influenced by Orban. They want to have a free voice. And I think uh, the whole Hungarian society uh, really has to support this endeavor. I mean, Viktor Orban already has an iron grip for the last decade on Hungary uh, and power in Hungary. What does he care about Index? Well, Index is, uh, is, is, is a portal that's being read by 1 million people daily. Well, we have 10 million people in total. So this is really the most influential news portal uh, we have in the country. So this is uh, literally the hallmark of independent news reporting. As Mr. Orban cannibalized the public media, uh, many say that now index is uh, something like the BBC for the UK, for instance. This is the site everybody opens in the morning when they wake up, even the conservatives, even the Fidesz voters. So this is where people get their news from, the main source of news. So it is really something like the, the last resistance against this enormous pressure Fidesz has been applying. Uh, and uh, if, if index falls, then it, it is really a huge blow to our entire country and I suppose for everybody in the world who believes in free and fair media and checks and balances and uh, the possibility to report on power. The last resistance. What, what, uh, what is the resistance against? Well, uh, Hungary has been governed by Mr. Orban for the past 10 years with a supermajority. Uh, and during this time, according to Freedom House, Hungary ceased to be a democracy. Now we are a hybrid autocracy. Uh, the conservative uh, populist government of Mr. Orban has been systematically doing away with checks and balances, with the independence of the judiciary, with the freedom of the media. We, uh, uh, or Mr. Orban has expelled the Central European University from Budapest because uh, he didn't agree with the views that were taught there. Uh, it is an American uh, university that had a campus in, in Hungary, and now they are, they are out of the country. It's uh, been 
an extremely damaging time for the soul of our country, for the democracy of our country. And of course, media and the possibility to report and the possibility to share information is really the hallmark of, uh, of, of, of the possibility of change and uh, if we uh, even stop having these independent institutions then it, it, it's really a huge problem a lot of news portals were closed down for the past years uh, very influential papers printed papers big papers papers had that has been existing for 100 years now uh, they are not functioning anymore and index is really something of the greatest magnitude for this country. So many people read it, so many people rely on it. It's a very well-respected uh, journal, even abroad, and, and it's really a huge loss that the government is trying to buy influence also there. Forgive me if I'm wrong, and you'll, I'm sure you'll correct me because you're not timid about these things. I was a reporter based in Moscow for American television. This seems cookie cutter. This seems what President Putin did when he came to power in the year 2000, cut down the newspapers, take over the ownership of any free or critical media. Not all of it was necessarily free. Some of it was pulled in different political directions. Some of it was black media, they used to say. But, you know, take control of that. And then you have free reign to absolutely control people's perceptions uh, and, and the debate, because you will program the television stations, the radio stations, the newspapers every night with your message, uh, you know, from the prime minister's office. And then we're hearing about it in Poland. And then we're hearing about it in Hungary. So, I mean, people have learned from a very bad example. Yes, indeed. And Mr. Orban has been in a close friendship with Mr. Putin for uh, the past decade. And this is not the first law that he's been adopting uh, from uh, Mr. Putin's governance style. For instance, a very controversial law that branded NGOs uh, as foreign agents is also something like the brainchild of Mr. Putin and something that has been Absolutely. in Russia also. And uh, a few years ago, Mr. Orban also pushed through a law that victimized civil society just based on the example of Mr. Putin. And really the importance of gaining control over the media is really hard to be understated. Uh, all the local papers that people read in the greatest numbers in the countryside are uh, being exclusively controlled uh, by, by cronies close to, to Fidesz, the majority of the big news channels, uh, the public media, which has been used for propaganda purposes. It sounds like a campaign to have Viktor Orban uh, prime minister for life, as, as Putin is president for life uh, in Russia. Yes, well, Mr. Orban stated that he has plans for 20 more years of governing, but uh, I believe that this is now really the time uh, for the next elections in 22, that the Hungarian people just like raise their voice and we go to vote in large numbers and we do away with this authoritarian uh, leadership that has been uh, in power for the last 10 years because uh, I feel that there is anger and resentment boiling in the country. We have to channel it in a vote, in turnout and in proper real change. You were a member of a political party. You ran oh, yeah, yes. for, for office in Hungary. 
Uh, and then you you closed down your political party, or I I'm a founding member of Momentum, uh, which is the uh, youngest political party in Hungary. Why just... couldn't you get elected? You didn't even get one seat, did you? Well, yes. The well, the the first election uh, we ran at was a little bit a year after our party was founded, and then we got three percent, which was indeed not enough for for getting a seat in the in the parliament. But just a year after, uh, we had uh, a very good result at the European Parliament, where uh, we gained over nine percent, which made us uh, one of the strongest opposition parties. And uh, a few months ago, at the local elections, we elected mm, hundreds of councillors, a lot of mayors all over the country. So the party is growing, and now is we are. Free, uh, is it a free and fair election? That I, I would not say that it's free and fair, but there is a possibility of uh, of winning for both sides. Caitlin, you're a member of European Parliament. The, my understanding is that being part of the EU isn't just about an economic deal. It's it's about the values, which include free speech and free media and democracy. Why has the EU failed to really put Viktor Orban in his place and tell him hands off the press, hands off the media there? What you're doing does not in any way align itself with the values of the European Union. Why have they failed to do that? What you are saying is exactly what the European Parliament wants, that uh, we should be tying EU money to the respect of EU values. Uh, we should make a clear line, a clear distinction uh, between what is possible to be done in a community of values and what not. When a country joins the European Union, uh, they have to sign up for a number of criteria based on the rule of law about the uh, freedoms, uh, the media, the governance. And uh, it's very important that even after somebody is a member, uh, be somebody has become a member, they really have to adhere to the same standards as before. And, so why is uh, it not happening? I mean, why, did the, why is the EU not enforcing the rules that they ask members to sign? The EU has very weak capacities uh, right now to do so. Uh, as we are discussing the, the budget, deal of the next ten uh, next seven years uh, a lot of uh, institutions including the european parliament want a clear rule of law guarantee when it comes to uh distributing public finances to governments and uh, of course negotiations are still ongoing but i i believe that this is really something at the heart of europe and of core importance for our entire community to uh, have everybody respect our common values you didn't answer the question, really. Yes, well, right now... Uh, the, the EU says, it says, when you sign up, you have, to, you have to share the common values. And then as you're getting, especially during COVID-19, where there's a major bailout by the European Union to countries, that they, they have to qualify for that bailout. I mean, they have to be part of the EU. They have to share the same common values. You're telling me that Viktor Orban does not. He, the, the, he's shutting down the last remaining free press site in Hungary. Why didn't the EU say, no way, you cannot be part of the EU if you're going to behave like this? Why are well, they scared to do that? It's not about being scared. It's about having the uh, power of institutions in place to be able to do so. Uh, I, I ask this question a lot 
Yeah. So I've been also asking uh, this question a lot to my fellow colleagues. And uh, basically the answer is that the current treaties of the European Union uh, tie every decision that is of this magnitude to a unanimous decision between countries. Uh, we barely have uh, systems in place that could uh, be useful in the case of systemic deviations. Because we have very good mechanisms for when uh, one country breaches uh, one standard or the other. But actually, the European Union wasn't prepared for a systemic democratic backsliding within its own community. And right now, we are witnessing this in two countries, in Hungary and in Poland. And it's very important to install these kind of mechanisms. For instance, um, compulsory European prosecutor's office uh, to have control over European public finances uh, and also uh, systematic rule of law monitoring systems uh, so that we can safeguard our values in our entire community. But this is something we have to do now. And this is what the European Parliament has been fighting for. It's interesting, right? And ironic that Viktor Orban's main appeal to the public is that he's improved the finances of the country, the economy. And really the way he did that was becoming a member of the European Union. And now he's flouting the very rules of the European Union that he's used to improve the, the economy of Hungary. Yes, indeed. And this is this hypocrisy we have to be doing away with because so criticizing the EU has been one of the hallmarks of Mr. Orban's governance. Uh, he has been claiming for a long time that the EU is an evil conspiratory power is to uh, try to do away with the conservative governance of Hungary. They are enemies of the Hungarian people and, and all that. And in the same time, they have been profiting from EU money, uh, which uh, has been spent without appropriate oversight to a small circle of cronies very often. And uh, this is why it is so important that the EU uh, can project its values uh, in its uh, economic policies as well, so that everybody uh, who spends our money also has to uh, respect our values as well. Caitlin Czech, a member of the European Parliament for Hungary, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Press freedoms are also under attack, severely under attack, in a country that I've always considered the leader in democratic principles in the free world, America. If you think calling everything fake news and campaigning against TV or newspapers will bring you clarity, think again, it won't. Americans, as you approach the elections in 2020, you would better support liberal, open values or you risk going the way of dictatorships which limit political discourse because they cannot accept criticism. Not only because of their egos, but because they aim to strangle opposition, to strengthen their grip on power, and continue to stuff their pockets. Meantime, the bad boys of Europe need a lesson from the countries of Europe which still value democracy and free speech. That's another edition of Backstory. Please share and subscribe. I'm Dana Lewis, and I'll talk to you soon.